there a doctor in the house? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Hi, guys. So... I am actually, before anybody says that I look exhausted, like a lot of people do, I did get off a red-eye flight this morning at 6 o'clock. So I, probably the reason I look that way is because I am tired. I spent straight to the clinic. I actually came home, brushed my teeth, and I went to the clinic. So um, so excuse my exhausted look, but uh, whenever I get on here with you guys, I do get fired up. So anyway, I um, wanted to spend a little bit of time uh, tonight, talking about what I experienced this weekend, and uh, let me just go ahead and get going on on Instagram as well. So I'm I'm pretty excited actually to talk to you guys about some of the things that uh, happened this weekend, and I'm not going to go into too many details, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what I experienced and what's coming down the pipeline, and that hopefully. Um, many of the coaches will also get this type of training. And, um, of course, it will be their decision if they want to get the training. But to be able to provide this type of intervention, excuse me, is quite exciting, to say the least. <clears throat> so this weekend, uh, I, I spent some time in California and then at a conference in, in um, New Mexico and what I want to talk to you about a little bit is how important it is to recognize and understand the role that the mind, the subconscious mind, plays in our healing process and or in our process that allows us to become susceptible to disease. So some of you already know that Dr. Bruce Lipton uh, is a very good friend of mine, very close friend of mine, and Dr. Lipton that actually asked me to come to this conference, and, and I did. And um, we actually had dinner on Saturday night, and we talked about a few things, which there's, a, there's an announcement. If you're, if you're a healthcare provider, if you're a nurse, a doctor, um, there's an announcement that I'm very excited about, which I'm not going to make yet, but there's going to be a medical course that we're going to be putting out, and I'll give you more details when we decide how it's going to be. This is kind of in addition to the advanced medicine conferences, which is for everyone, but um, to really help to educate healthcare providers. Now, while I was at this conference, um, I just want to share a couple of things that I, that I saw that I experienced myself. And um, I think it's really some of the tidbits, because some of you, actually probably every one of us, every person on this planet is suffering from this. So how many people are familiar with, or how many people got Dr. Lipton's books when we had that special bundle, his uh, signature autographed book, as well as the DVD, The Honeymoon Effect, The Biology Belief, all that bundle. I think it's like $160 or something like that. And for IADFW members, it was only $55. So if, if, you, if you actually are not a, a member of the IADFW, you can go to advancedmedicine.com, join there, and get uh, two of his best books and two of his best CD programs, DVDs. I think it's the DVD programs. And um, 
I think the total with the autographed version, which is a collector's edition, is like $55. But you have to be a member of the IEDFW. So anyway, if you have an interest in that, get it. But I want to talk a little bit about what Dr. Lipton and, and I discussed on Saturday, but also what was covered at this conference. And um, in fact, I think Dr. Lipton and I are going to do another webinar. So tell me how many people, of the people that are listening to me right now, how many of you were on the webinar that Dr. Lipton and I did about, it probably was about two months ago, so you may, probably like two and a half months ago. I think it was right before, maybe two weeks before the Advanced Medicine Conference in, in Pasadena. So let me know if any of you remember that webinar or if any of you attended that webinar. Okay, yes, so a number of different people said yes. So, um, okay, Richard, good. Tracy, Deborah, Danny. Uh, yeah, so you guys, actually, Mitzi, one of our favorite subjects, Mitzi said, uh, our minds, thank you. So, yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about this. And I, I think it's important to understand because there's certain aspects to this that I believe the vast majority of the population doesn't have uh, even the remote inkling of, of how important this is. <clears throat> From the time we conceive till about the age of seven, we become essentially indoctrinated into the types of adults that we will be. If our parents are bigots, our mother and our father are bigots, they're racists, we will end up being racists. We won't even know why as a child, but we will just already have that preconceived notion. If our parents, between you know, from the time you conceive to the time you're seven years old, if you've been told by your parent that anybody of any other ethnicity or color or creed is a bad person, you're going to grow up believing that. It doesn't matter what your experience is. Before the age of seven, that's what you grow up with, and that's is where some people end up having that dichotomy where they their experience is totally different from what their parents were, and then you know they go through this turmoil, and then they realize how unevolved and how um, backwards their belief system was based upon what their parents had taught them. Or if you were raised with your parents beating you or your parents telling you you're no good, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're, you're never going to amount to much, or whatever, that's what a person is going to end up growing into an adult as. Uh, in fact, the Jesuits used to say, give us the child before the age of seven and we will give you the man that he will be. Because they knew that that program that you can instill in a child's brain in those very formidable years will have a tremendous impact on how they will develop later on in life. Now, I'm going to go into some more detail on the IADFW component, and then um, there was an email that I received from, i got to remember who that was. I think it was Kevin uh, sent me an email that he wanted me to you know, potentially address if we have a chance. So, Kevin, if you're online, I don't know whether you are or not, but... I will answer that. It was actually a, a very interesting question, but I think we need to talk about that on IADFW uh, for obvious reasons. So, actually, I wonder whether I can still scroll. Emmett, don't worry. I haven't forgotten. I, I've got to uh, get back with you. So, I just got back from the strip, so but we will definitely talk. All right. So, um, let me... Let me share with you something that's very important, okay? It is critical.
for you, if you have a child under the age of seven, that you become very cognizant of the words that you use. But it's not just for the child. There's other aspects to this, and I don't want to talk too much about this on the regular Facebook stream. I'd rather talk about some of the more details in the IADFW stream. But I'm going to tell you how important it is that we understand how our subconscious mind can affect us. There are many, many people out there with many uh, programs and books and CDs and this and that. And for, we have our own subliminal um, audios that we've produced that I've produced myself uh, along with uh, a trained hypnotherapist, which those of you that are in the IEDFW, you guys have access to, uh, um, I think, the nine-step version. Those components are put together in order to try to harness the power of that subconscious mind. What we don't recognize is that the subconscious mind, although it's extremely powerful, and let me give you an example of how powerful it is. So basically your conscious mind, what you think with, like, you know, I have to do the laundry today, I've got to um, pick up the kids from school, I've got to, you know, make this call, I've got to pay this bill, whatever the case is, those type of thoughts, those are, those are your conscious thoughts. Those types of conscious thoughts are processed at approximately 40 bits per second by the conscious mind, okay? 40 bits per second, that's pretty fast. However, the subconscious mind processes information at 400 million bits per second. 40 bits per second versus 400 million bits per second. Now, how can we put this into reference? When you think about you've gotta pay this bill or you gotta pick up the kids, that's a thought. But how often do you think that I have to pump my blood, I have to, my heart has to beat, I have to take a deep breath, I have to breathe in and out. How many times do you think about that? How many times do you think about breathing when you're walking? How many times do you think about walking and not tripping when you're walking? How many times do you think about when you scratch your head that I gotta pick up my arm and scratch my head? And how many times do you think I gotta listen so I can receive this message that somebody is uh, emanating from their mouth and their vocal cords are contracting, emanating a sound, and now my tympanic membrane in my ear is gonna pick that up, that acoustical signal, and transfer that information into a signal, electrical impulse that's going to go from the broker's area to my brain to my mouth so I can now emit a response. I mean, how many times does anybody think about that? And the answer is, of course, we don't think about that. We take these things for granted. We take our sight, our hearing, our ability to speak, our ability to think, our ability to walk for granted. All that is being controlled by the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mind is very, 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 very capable of carrying out these habitual processes that we've learned. Okay. When we were babies, we didn't learn, we didn't know how to walk, so we had to learn how to walk. But wouldn't it be terrible that if every time you got up to walk, you had to relearn how to walk? So the brain ends up having a part of a memory, it creates a memory of this habit that it forms and it gets trained and now you don't have to think about it, it becomes automated. It's an everyday process. It's a subconscious mind running that program for you and you don't have to worry about it, you don't have to think about it, you don't have to contemplate it, it just happens. Now it's also that subconscious mind that creates certain problems for us. It, it remembers those memories when we were children, right? When somebody told us that we were too stupid or we weren't gonna to amount to much, or let's say we had loving parents, but you know, whatever program we heard our mother yelling at our father, or father yelling at our mother, or we heard whatever. And so we run, end up running these programs. I, I'm, this isn't a plug for Dr. Lipton's books, but honestly, if you're a couple, you should get The Honeymoon Effect. Get the book. Um, we, we have the whole bundle, like I said, or you can get it directly from um, you know, his website or Amazon or wherever, but 
get that honeymoon effect. If you're a couple, you should really, really listen to it. Now, I'm telling you right now, I think that for a couple, that honeymoon effect book is could be a potential make it or break it type thing. Okay, but he goes into this, a lot of a lot of details about the subconscious mind and how when we explode at our spouse or a significant other, and sometimes we don't even realize it. Um, we're running a program, and we don't even realize we're running the program, okay? There's, there's things that we do and things that we say that we don't even realize that we're doing or we're saying, but we're doing and saying it because we are a product of our environments. We learn from our father. It's kind of like the story of, of, of you know, the guy named Bill who, you know, he's, he's with his friends, and the friend starts chuckling and says, Bill, you're just like your dad. And of course, Bill gets very animated and very upset and says, you don't know a, a damn thing. I'm nothing like my dad and blah, 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 and this and that. But the problem is that everybody that's around Bill knows that Bill's just like his dad, except for Bill. And why is that? Because Bill can't see it. Everybody else can see it, but Bill can't see it. Why can't he see it? Because he's running the same program that was instilled in him from his father when he was uh, just you know, under, the age, uh, under the age of seven. And so we're not even able to recognize it because we were too busy running that program. Now, it was actually funny because it's kind of like, um, it, it's, it's sort of like, Dr. Lipton used this example actually over, over the weekend. He says, uh, you know, I know I'm not supposed to eat the donut. I'm not going to eat the donut. The donut's not good for me. I'm not going to eat the donut. I'm, I know I'm not supposed to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. I'm not going to eat it. And he goes, and I look down at my hand, and half the donut's already eaten. Okay? And then I think, okay, well, I've already eaten half of it. I might as well finish the rest of it. So he eats the rest of it. Now, why is it that we know the donut isn't good for us? We know that it's going to increase our... Um, our uh, glucose um, intolerance, so eventually we're going to become more intolerant to it. It's going to make us insulin resistant. We know it's going to be additional calories we don't need. It's got a high sugar, and it's all this, that, the other, blah, 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 all the health reasons. We know that, okay? And yet, even though we know these things, certain things are not good for us, we end up doing them. We, st we end up eating that donut. Why? Because, you know, we talk to ourselves consciously, so we tell us that we're not going to do this. And, and here we consciously think about it, but why do we end up eating that donut? Well, he says the secret is it's because we're talking to our subconscious mind, but nobody's there. Now, what he meant by there's nobody there is that the subconscious mind only hears us speak if we can speak in a certain manner, in a certain way. And because we don't know how to talk to our subconscious mind, and because the subconscious mind doesn't register what we're talking about, but doesn't isn't capable of comprehending it. It does never makes an impact. And there is a way to be able to communicate. There's many ways. People talk about many different ways, but unfortunately, those ways don't stick. But there is a way to make it stick, and that's what I experienced this weekend. Now, there's there's a couple of different things that I want to just point out, and then I'm going to leave it at that, and then open it up for questions. But our subconscious mind is extremely, extremely powerful. But our subconscious mind is like a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old precocious child. So when we talk to ourselves, and this is actually subject to one of the videos for the uh, Advanced Remote Support Protocol that, um, that I've just recently done. Um, so if you're involved with that or if you're in the 90 Days to the New Year program, you're going to have access to that anyway. But this is an important component that I want to mention here because that subconscious mind that we're talking about, when we talk to that subconscious mind, most of it, most of us, this is self-talk, right? When you do something or let's say you, you make a mistake, you're playing baseball, you strike out, and you say, you idiot, why did you do that? Or 
or you make a mistake at you know you you, you reverse and you hit somebody's car and you're like oh god you're such an idiot you know we talk to ourselves and we we're very very hard on ourselves most of us are very hard on ourselves we're very critical now just imagine if this was a child okay that you're talking to and you talk to the child in the same way you know you're an idiot why did you do this you know can't you do it right what's wrong with you? that's how we talk to ourselves yet that subconscious component in us our subconscious identity is like even though it's very powerful it's like talking to a five-year-old precocious child and if you talk to a child like that what's going to happen they're going to shut down they're going to be they're going to be gun shy they're going to be scared they're going to not know what to do they're going to be you know hesitant they're going to be confused and that's what happens with our subconscious mind so then we get these messages don't do this you're going to get hurt blah 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 and we remember certain components so one thing that I want you to remember, if there's a takeaway for this, and, and I'm going to leave this subject after this point, is when we talk to ourselves, be gentle, okay? I never realized this, but I'm the most critical person of myself than anyone has ever been. And I realized what I was doing. It's self-sabotage, and we don't even realize it. So the take-home lesson for you guys tonight, for you guys listening on Facebook, for you guys on Instagram, is learn to speak to yourself kindly. Learn to be gentle with yourself, okay? Don't be harsh, because when you're harsh with yourself, all you do is you create more animosity, you create more stress, you create more ambiguity, you create more confusion, you create more stress for yourself. So just learn to be kinder to yourself. You can't be kind to other people unless you learn to be kind to yourself, just like you can't love other people if you don't learn to love yourself. But they're programs that we're all running, and if anybody's interested in learning how they can break that cycle, um, that's one of the things that we're going to be providing at the clinic, and that's one of the things that I'm going to be talking to the coaches about them being able to provide. And I'm I'm extremely, extremely excited about the possibility of this because, uh, in fact, I I literally came from the conference. It ended at six o'clock on on um, in the evening on Sunday. I had to leave by four o'clock because I had a flight at six o'clock, and flight connected it was a red-eye flight in Phoenix I arrived to Charlotte around 6 in the morning and the first person that I did this on a patient that I did this on was a cancer patient that was um, in fact shouldn't even label that anymore cancer an immune patient a person that's that's got a health challenge of cancer but she's it's, a, it's an immune issue we're gonna we're gonna be working on actually changing some of the language as well um, that was going back to the Middle East. She just finished her first round of treatment, and she was just coming in the morning to draw her blood work, no treatment, and I told the staff to hold her, wait, don't let her leave, and I did um, a session with her, and it was powerful. It was very powerful, because she's going, she went back to the Middle East for the next six to you know eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks before the next round of treatment, and I wanted to make sure that this component that I could have, that I could share with her and I could help her so that she would not be running this program. And, and surprisingly, most of the stuff that we checked wasn't an issue, but there was something that was a major issue, and she experienced the change, and it was it was a blessing. It was a blessing for me as a provider to be able to see it. It was a blessing for her because she was able to experience it. And of course, her son was with her who was you know very grateful. So um, I believe speed of implementation, that's something that I'll talk about in the IADFW section. So somebody remind me about speed of implementation and how important that is, okay? So I'm going to stop talking about this aspect, um, but I will just leave you with that message about how important it is and that I ask you, it behooves you to learn to speak with yourself 
in a gentle manner. It, it is very important that you learn to speak to yourself in a gentle manner. All right. Now, um, I'm going to try to open this up for questions, and, and uh, I appreciate everybody's comments here. So hello to everyone. Luis, let me know how George is doing. Is his breathing good? Let me know. Let's see. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Aaron. Um, Aaron, hopefully you'll be on the IEDFW because I've got an announcement for all the all the people that are uh, waiting for the uh, the coaching aspect. So, Kimberly, you're most welcome. Uh, Kimberly said, "Thank you for your dedication." I don't know how you do it. Kimberly, you guys fuel me. That's how I do it. You guys are my gasoline. Uh, Danny, sending you energy. Thank you, Danny. You too. Hopefully, you'll be on the call uh, on the IEDFW because I've got an announcement for you guys. And Mitzi said, my favorite subject, our minds. Thank you. So, you know, it's interesting that Mitzi said that because it's it's been always my one of my favorite subjects. I have spent more than half my life, probably three-fourths of my life, understanding the brain. Even ever since I was in high school, actually, my father worked on helping us to develop our minds by, you know, reading things like Napoleon Hill and Andrew Carnegie and and just really some pretty incredible things. And um, I learned all those things, and they were a big part of my life. And then when I went to college, it slowly started drifting away from it, went to medical school. And then as I was starting to go into private practice and as I'm treating patients with cancer, I was trying to understand why is it that a stage 4 cancer patient with multi-organ system failure, metastatic disease that's extended to multiple sites, you know, given less than six months to live prognostically by the conventional side, and three years later, five years later, eight years later after our treatment, they're still around, and yet we have other patients that only have a stage one, a stage two cancer. It's not metastatic. There's no end organ failure. Prognosis is very good. There's no um, even evidence by looking at them that they have cancer, and yet they die within six months, and they got the same treatment. Why is that? So I was trying to figure that out, and then I started noticing, I'm a little slow, I started noticing that, wait a second, the same criteria that defines success versus failure in patients with cancer is the same criteria that defines success versus failure in all chronic disease. And a little bit more time elapsed, and I realized it's in all disease. It's not just in chronic disease, not just cancer, not just in chronic disease, but in all disease. And then I realized it's the same criteria that defines success versus failure in everything in life. So I want to know if I, we haven't done a retreat in some time. Um, we, we did one in Mexico. I'm going to just put that out right now. Um, actually, I'll, if you're interested in that, you can, I'm going to hold that back for the IEDFW members. All right. So I'm going to talk about that in just a few minutes when we go to the IEDFW site. But if you are interested in learning more about this, I would encourage you to join, go to advancedmedicine.com and join as an IEDFW member. Get, you know, you get the map to get ahead program component with that, etc. I haven't really talked too much about that recently just because we've had so many people that are waiting for us to catch up. But the good thing is that people that are already involved, all that stuff uh, is now, it, it's, it's started happening actually Friday. So things were being shipped out. So anyway, I'll talk about that in a little bit uh, when we get to the IEDFW side. So if anybody is interested in this topic, uh, wants to learn more about it, um, we're probably going to do a webinar 
In fact, I'll probably set up a webinar in the next few weeks. We'll make that announcement as well as the the personality component that we've talked about and how that affects health. And um, we will have we will make those announcements probably in the next uh, next week or so. Um, Yes, Tracy said, love Bruce Lipton. He's great. He really is great. Awesome guy. Yeah, so Luis, thank you for putting out the invitation code. So if you are an IADFW member, uh, if you're advanced medicine registered, then please share your invitation code with anybody that may have an interest in this. Okay, so Tracy, you were on the Bruce Lipton webinar, and I see that uh, Emmett, you said you were. So you guys remember we talked about some of this stuff, and we went into it somewhat uh, on a deep level. So... That webinar is still up, and it will always be up on the IADFW component. So if you go to advancedmedicine.com, um, click on the webinars, and you can find it there. And I think that one is only available for replay for IADFW members. I may be wrong. It may be available for everybody. But there are many webinars that you can access and programs and videos for the, you know, that's, you don't have to join anything. You can just register Advanced Medicine, and that's where you also get access to the uh, head map. Excellent, excellent, guys. Yeah, Emmett said Dr. Lipton was awesome. Okay, so Amy says, so when one says, I feel like I'm on autopilot, we truly are. You're absolutely right. Amy, you are absolutely right. So how many of you have experienced um, driving down the road and then you become aware where you are and you don't remember the last five exits, the last ten minutes of just completely, you don't even remember, you're like, oh, my God. I don't remember driving. I don't remember the last 10 minutes on the road. I don't remember the last passing the last five exits. Happens to us all the time. You end up doing something, you're total autopilot, and you find you, you come to your senses and you're like, I don't remember doing that, but you know you did it because you know cars moving in the same, same direction. You you were just on autopilot. That's exactly what it was. Um, Aaron said the hypnosis MP3s are definitely reprogramming my subconscious. Excellent, excellent, Aaron. So I appreciate that. That's that. Hypnosis CDs, those MP3s that Aaron's talking about, if you're part of, if you purchased the Map to Get Ahead program or you got the Map to Get Ahead program when you joined the IADFW, you got that subliminal program, and I did that myself. I programmed that one myself, and then I also used um, um, a professional hypnotherapist who helped me to create some of the other ones. So use those things. So if you... We have six of them for different components, so obviously you don't need all of them, but we're going to be creating more of those things, and and I have um, invested quite a bit of uh, time and money in software to create my own programs to help change people's uh, belief systems, especially when it comes to the area of health and wellness and fitness, and um, I've experimented on myself with them and with some friends and it's all in Theta Waves. We use binaural beats. We use um, the. Uh, um, th there's a couple different versions that you can have of the same program with, with emphasis, not just with the music and the and the message, but also in the manner that it's delivered. Which wave, whether it's Theta Waves or Beta Waves or whichever different types of waves. Most of the stuff that I put out is with Theta Waves, but uh, the iso isochronic as well as the binaural beats, and there's many different ways of doing this. So. Anyway, I'm glad, Aaron, that you found it to be helpful. And the rest of you that have these, use them, okay? Just put them, to turn off your Wi-Fi on your, on your mobile device at night and just, you know, have it on your phone. I have everything in Dropbox, but you can, you know, have whatever 
software app, app that you want to use it on and just turn it on and I created loops on mine so they're like six hours long and um, in fact that's how I monitor how much sleep I have so if I turn it on and then you know I wake up and it's you know it's time to get up and I listen I look at the thing and it's ran for two hours I know I only slept two hours but usually it's a very deep-seated sleep because that track has been running I don't have it on loud you can keep it very very you know low and the music is natural music it's not like somebody singing it's all the stuff that we have that I've put out has this very soft background either you know the rain or you hear ocean or crickets or whatever the case is so you can have it very low it doesn't have to be loud you're not, you're not going to consciously hear anything and just play it that's all you got to do every night before you go to bed just turn that on and just listen to it okay and and it'll help you fall asleep easier but that's not the key it's actually the messages that you're getting so Aaron I thank you for mentioning that and the rest of you you know, all of you in the IEDFW have access to it, so just use it. All you got to do is turn it on. Make sure you turn the Wi-Fi off because you don't want to have the Wi-Fi signal, you know, blasting your brain. Uh, Kimberly said they put a Krispy Kreme at the intersection near my home. That's all of my discipline. That's right. Danny said, uh, awesome. Thanks for sharing the subject. You're most welcome. Most welcome, Danny. Devin said, uh, Dr. Tar, are you hitting us hard now? How hard? How some of us were raised but you are right thanks Emmett you know the thing is that we were we all had our issues right um, all of our parents loved us and they raised us the best that they knew how and sometimes it's not our parents fault it was how they were raised okay it was they were the product of their environment they were the product of, of society and what people were out there saying and doing so again don't beat yourself up about it it's now just the key is that you need to break those those chains um, that have held you back and that's all of us every one of us uh, I'll tell you that what I experienced in, in coming up with, with the gold statement and what I what I transitioned through it was, it was remarkable what happened um, and we, we were partnered up with different people and this lady came up to me her name is Audrey she's a nurse anesthetist and uh, she asked me before we even broke to start practicing if I would be her partner I found out later that her husband had told her to come you know ask me to be her partner and we went through the process and um, she had an amazing transformation but where I was the person that was helping her but then it was her turn to help me and I, I didn't really know whether it was going to work I talked to one of the instructors about seeing if he'd work with me but during lunch or something but it was amazing the transformation she brought about in me and I can tell you that the things that we do without knowing that we do in order to become accepted it's amazing okay so I'm not going to somebody remind me when we get into IEDFW I'm so glad that I have you guys here because the ones that when I get an idea IEDFW I can't remember all the things I said I'm gonna talk about there but I want to talk about this part so remind me and uh, I will go into more detail as to what I personally experienced but suffice it to say for here that it was so transformational that I had a headache I mean, my head felt like it was, you know, tilted a little bit, and but I felt powerful. I felt really powerful. Now I, I all usually do feel powerful, but it it was an, an an extra sense of power. And when I opened my eyes, Audrey said to me, she said, "My God, I could feel the change. I could feel the power in you." And she said, "You know, I I've got a big mouth, so I kind of establish my presence wherever I go." And so I had already established my presence at this conference, and there were. There were probably about half the people that recognized me from somewhere, but I can tell you that it was that powerful that she felt it. So then we go back, we sit down, 
and um, the the instructor's talking and, and you know asking some questions here and there, and then the lady that was the two ladies that were sitting behind me at the same table, um, there were circular tables. She raised her hand and she said that she tells the instructor that I don't know what happened, but I said to my friend and she points to the lady next to her. She said. I knew that something that happened with Dr. Buttar right now must have been incredibly powerful because I can feel the shift in him. I can feel the power in him now. And a person sitting across from the table said, he goes, I thought it was something just in my head, but I can feel too. So other people could feel the shift in me. That's how powerful this was. And that's how much power we each of us have. Every human being has an incredible amount of power in them, okay, an incredible amount of power. And I'm not just saying this metaphysically to motivate you guys. Look, how many Trillions and trillions and trillions of atoms are made up in your body. And one atom released correctly, one atom through the process of fission can cause an atomic bomb explosion, okay? It has enough power to fuel the entire city of New York for one whole year. That's from one atom. Now, how many atoms are in your body? So I'm not saying this metaphysically. I'm saying this literally. We Each of us have an incredible amount of power, but so many things that we have constrained ourselves with, our belief systems, Right, as Dr. Lipton says, BS, you know, and he says bullshit, but belief systems. There's so much stuff that we have put into our own bodies, into our own heads, that we, we have no idea how we've chained ourselves. We literally have chained ourselves. And, um, you know, the last thing Dr. Lipton said to me as I left Sunday, he hugged me and he thanked me for coming. And I said, you know, anything you say to do, I'm going to do. And he laughed and he said, no, but it really meant a lot to me that you came and you, you, you trusted me. And of course, of course, I trust him because he's had such an influence on me. But there is so much power. Now, you know, I don't expect every, people to go out there and get take this course because it, it, is, it is a pretty intense course, but you can get the, you can actually experience this. In fact, my plan is to make this available. I'm going to do a retreat. I'm going to do it in one of the most beautiful places. Everybody's going to have, it, it's going to be an incredible opportunity. We've done a couple of these before. The last one, I think, was in 2013, 2014. Um, and we, we actually were going to have one. Um, right, right after the Advanced Medicine Conference, but we had to cancel that. We had a few people that registered, but we had to cancel it due to unforeseen circumstances. But I'm going to have this retreat. It's going to be limited to only maybe 20 or 30 people total, so you know, 15 couples or so. I'm not sure. We probably could get to about 20, but beyond that, it's we won't be able. I won't be able to work with everybody to to resist. It's literally going to shift people's lives. That's what my plan is to to have an experience that you completely and totally experience the shift that I'm talking about and unleash your power. Now, there's many different components to this, and some of you may want to become instructors, and, and my plan is to become an instructor to teach this to other people to other, for other courses, but I can I can do it myself now, and I've, um, I'm, I want my coaches to, to learn this uh, tool as well, so I'm, I'm really, really excited about it, uh, as, if you, as if you couldn't tell, right? So anyway, I'm going to stop here, and I'm going to just make sure I answer everybody's questions, and then we're going to go ahead and sign off here and get back on IADFW. Um, Amy said, Doc, are you, you are awesome. Health challenge, not the C word. I feel so sorry for people that get the C diagnosis. It leaves them empty and feeling alone. Love that you say health challenge. Well, you know, Amy, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting thing because I've always – when, I, when I'm talking to a patient, I always, the last thing I say to them, especially if they have had that diagnosis, is I refer to it as a current health challenge. But even in, in the clinic, I find ourselves, you know, we talk about the cancer panel. We talk about the word, the, the cancer word does come up. And even though I'm conscious of how wrong that word is, and I don't ever tell the patient that they have cancer, but we talk about cancer, we talk about it. 
And I realized that for some people, it may not be a big deal. For some people, it's a very big deal. And until we change our mindset, our belief system, that word could have tremendous subconscious impact that we don't even realize. So, you know, for all of you, if you hear me say that word, um, I, I, will, I will use that word in general terms, but if you hear me talking to a person ever and I say that word, you know, I want you to correct me. I want you to kick me. I want you to hit me and remind me and, and do that with, you know, each other because at, at one point in this lifetime, I believe it will be in our lifetimes, that we will recognize that C word as, you know, something that's just maintained. Uh, and that's assuming that a person doesn't have access to some of the tools and modalities that we already have available to us. So um, I appreciate that, Amy, and hold that, hold that space and remind me if you hear me to make that mistake and others too, all right? Sarah said, how do you feel the subconscious mind? Sarah, that's a really, really awesome question and it's a and it's a loaded question but it's actually easier than you think um, but just because it's easy doesn't necessarily make it um, there's a difference between easy and effortless so you have to have a desire to want to do it and um, you know the sublevel programs that we have they're a good start but what I have just experienced that you can literally for you know once and for all just right get right to it um, and it actually obliterates the, the subliminal messaging, even though subliminal messaging is excellent to re-indoctrinate uh, new thought processes. So here's an important component um, since Sarah asked this question. We can't change our beliefs, okay, because once they're indoctrinated, we can't change those beliefs. Now, we, we can evolve, and we can rewrite those beliefs. We can, we can have um, new beliefs that replace them, but our belief systems are already set in stone. Now, what do I mean by that? Because once we believe something, for example, you drop something hot on your right foot when you're five years old. Now you remember that when every time you had this something like this and it, and it dropped, it burned your foot. Now later on in life, you could be doing something and you pick up something different and it's near your left foot, not the right foot where it got burned, on your left foot and it drops. You will instantaneously pull your right foot back because the memory is that the, the, the the part in your memory that's ingrained is that when this happened last time, I got my right foot burned, and that's your, your tendency is going to be pull that back. Okay. Now, I'm not saying you wouldn't pull the left one back. You may pull the left one back, but you're going the right one is going to have a more of a tendency to come back. So that's a memory that's been formed. That's that's a belief system. Every time there's you know something there, hot falls, burn. So that's that's what it forms. But we can we can update those belief systems. We can update our mind. It's like think of it as software. So we have software that's running and we can't undo that software but we can't update that software we can update the software and um, allow ourselves to now work from a better place of understanding because now our software is updated and, and, and evolved so there are ways to do this and that's what I'm going to be talking about at the retreat so I hope that some of you guys can make it and uh, it it's going to be a blast anyway, even without this. But my, my goal is, my single goal there, besides you guys having the time of your life, which we will, is that it transforms you. That is my commitment to you. That is my goal. And if I don't do that with every person that comes to retreat, I've failed. And I do not fail. I, I'm not a person that's, um, that looks towards, I, I don't tolerate failure. So that is going to be my goal. That's one reason we've got to keep it limited, because we won't be able to otherwise adequately deal with and help everybody the way that I want to be able to do it. 
Uh, Jamal said, good evening, Dr. Buttar. Good evening, Jamal. Um, by the way, if there are anybody, if there's anybody here of the Muslim faith, Eid Mubarak, yesterday was, was Eid. And for those of you that don't know what Eid is, Eid is like uh, Christmas for, for Muslims. Okay, it, uh, so that it's, it's, a, it's a holiday, a religious holiday. Zara said, after listening to me, I feel like I can achieve anything. I can fix anything and everything coming my way. Zara, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right because every one of us have that power. Uh, Louise says, George is doing pretty good. We are hoping to come and get another uh, shot calling office. Okay, sounds good, Louise. The IR shots, okay. Aaron said, will you be speaking at the Truth About Cancer Live this year? Need help with anything? Hey, Aaron, I will be. Um, I'm going to be speaking, I think Saturday morning is what they have me at. Um, but yeah, I, if you're going to be there, that's fantastic. I appreciate that. You're welcome, Zara. Excellent. You're in. Okay, good. All right, Kimberly. Good. I'm, and I, I'm hoping that most of the IADFW moderators and, and members are going to be there. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for sharing your invitation code. And all you guys that, that are on here, if there's anybody that's not an IADFW member or needs help to register at Advanced Medicine for free, get access to the head map, I appreciate you guys sharing your invitation codes. Uh, Amy said, I know firsthand the mind is a powerful thing. I would talk to Emmett the entire time he was hospitalized. I know God's word helped one to survive. Amy, as much as you think that you know, you have no idea how important that was, okay? And, and I know you're conscious of it, but it's way, way, way beyond what you thought. I want you all to remember this, too. Every time you think a thought, you are like a mini broadcaster, okay? You are sending out a signal. That signal is beyond what somebody can see or hear. They can feel it. So what Emmett had experienced, even if he wasn't conscious of it, which he probably was conscious of it, but even if he wasn't conscious of it, is when Amy would send out that um, signal, when she wouldn't tolerate the doctors by what they were saying because she knew that it wasn't true because she wasn't interested in their belief system. She was only interested in her belief system. So it's a very, very, very powerful thing, very powerful. And I hope that Amy, you and Emmett are teaching this to your children because that's what we need. We need more and more people to start understanding the importance of this. The drugstore lives in our brain and we have the capability of creating that drugstore. Okay, remember that. Uh, Chris said, we should acknowledge the lack of currency and credit in common circulation that induces feelings of inadequacy, not entirely of our own doing, though in our hands, to resolve. For so many, the economic crash has happened already at the expense of health and lives. So don't wait for politicians to reform econ economics. As technology increases, so should standard of living, though this is not happening due to the rigging of currency and credit. Promote and participate in equitable commerce like public, usury-free, community currencies, time banks, barter networks, cooperatives, swap shops, and community gardens. With these, defeat usury, ensure abundance, allow civic involvement, encouragement, patient conversation, trend towards a gifted, gifting society until it's the norm. Decentralization in commerce, communication, agriculture, and energy are key to security, sustainability, variety, and freedom. Wow, Chris, that's, uh, 
that's pretty loaded and it's very heavy and it's very true. Um, I appreciate you sharing that and uh, I couldn't agree more. It makes it somewhat difficult in some ways and I think that's the reason for some of the some of the popularity with the uh, cryptocurrencies too to perhaps uh, allow that decentralization to take place but I appreciate you sharing that. Sarah said, what's your thoughts on GMB stage four cancers? What's my thoughts on so GBM is glioblastoma multiforme, stage four cancer. So I will be happy to talk about that on the IEDFW side, and I can relay some stories of patients that I've treated with, uh, with glioblastoma and some pretty remarkable stories and what happened to them and, and how they transformed, and then um, how their transformation was impacted by the family dynamic within their own family and again, how the belief system had such an impact on the final outcome. Um, but that's that's a loaded topic, and uh, that's not something I can talk on the on the regular broadcast because obviously, those of you that know, you understand that um, there's certain things that I can say, but there's certain things I cannot say because I am a licensed physician and I am not protected by the First Amendment freedom of speech here in the land of the free and the home of the brave. So. Um, those of you that understand how that works, you already know what I'm talking about. Amy said, do you want a roundhouse or axe kick? Yeah, joking. No, actually, Amy, believe it or not, you know, I think that many times many of us do need a kick in the pants to wake up. And that's what, you know, my goal is that each one of us, we, we hear that message. So one thing is that if, if a person has the diagnosis of cancer. I want you to remember that that is the universe, that is the creator, that is God, that's source energy, whatever you're saying, whatever you want to call it, that is basically kicking you in the pants to wake you up because you are only existing and you are failing to live, you're failing to thrive. And cancer is nothing more than an acceleration of that slow deterioration because when you're existing, you're not living. And when you're not living, where growth stops, the case sets in. So it is a kick in the pants that's that's what we all need and um, especially those of us that have that type of a diagnosis it's, it's a it's a warning that hey if you're not gonna thrive if you're not gonna live if you're gonna be stagnant if you're gonna be afraid of heights it's afraid of this or this phobia that phobia and you're gonna constrain yourself and you're not gonna forgive and you're gonna hold things in and you're gonna it's it's a it's a spiritual issue if it is a toxicity issue there there's a there's an emotional psychological issue there's a spiritual issue there there's never been a cancer patient that I've treated that did not have some type of emotional trauma associated with it. Never. I've never seen that. So I know that there's an emotional trigger. And in fact, um, uh, Kevin's question came up. Um, it's, it's talking about head injuries, uh, but it's actually applicable to that. People that were doing great and then after, after a head injury. So we'll talk about that when we get in the next section. Diane said, so, tr so true about the C word. I was diagnosed in September 2016, but never claimed it and have only said it maybe a handful of times and literally believe I'm healed. And Diane, you are. You are. Sarah said, what's your thoughts on good blastoma multiforme? Yeah, because we just talked about that. Uh, it multiplies so quickly. I lost mom in 2017. Yeah, so like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that on the IADFW side. Martha says, uh, I love the way you are talking about the C word. It's just a word, not a life sentence. Don't give it the power. When I was diagnosed six years ago, my mindset was the very first thing I worked on. Martha, that is such an important part, right? Because you said some key words there. You said, don't give it the power. 
Well, you should not give anybody the power. In fact, today I talked to a patient and I said, you know, don't give anybody the power. Don't give any doctor the power. Don't give your spouse the power. Don't give, I mean, you retain the power. So it was actually kind of interesting. The, the lady and the gentleman that were there had made a comment, and they told one of my nurse practitioners, Jane, um, and the word that they used was cure, that Dr. Bichar said he'd cured somebody. So Jane asked me, and she goes, that doesn't sound like you. And Jane's been, been 16 years or maybe 17 years now. And I was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she said, that's what the husband said. So they happened to still be in the clinic. So I went in there with Jane, and I asked him, I said, um, this is what Jane, you know, Jane said what they, they'd said. And, and I said, I just want to make sure that that's what she, you know, when do you remember me saying that? Because I've never said that. So he says, he apologized. He said, well, I thought that's what you were saying. And I said, no. I said, I've never said. And then he, he corrected himself. He remembered. He said, you're right. You, you never said that, but that's, because that's what, I, that's what I ended up understanding. And I said, first of all, I said, I'm not talking about from a place of fear that I'm afraid that somebody said that I cured this or that. I said, I wish that I could claim any kind of cure, but the only entity that cures anything is God, is, is the creator, source energy. There's no other healer. That's the first thing. The second thing is that when you think somebody else cured you, you're giving away your power. You cure yourself. Okay? You have to take that responsibility. And as much as I'd like to take credit for it, if you want to say that I facilitated it, my, the prayer that I have in Arabic is Azhab bil Rab bin Nas, which means, God, please heal this person and allow me to be the conduit. If I get any credit to be a conduit, I'm, I'm humbled by that. But the, the healing process only comes from one source, and that source is for, that created us all. No matter what you believe, it's that, it's that universal consciousness. I'm not giving any, any um, you know, specific, you know, it's whatever your belief system is, however it is, okay? It's all, it's all the same creator. It's the same source. It's the same universal consciousness. And you. And if you think about it, your mind has a power to create. So it is that creation, okay? Because the creator is in all of us. So, again, I know it sounds like I'm talking metaphysical. I'm not. I'm talking hardcore science. This comes from quantum physics. And we, we're going to talk about this at the retreat. We're going to talk about this when we start doing, you know, if, you, if this stuff resonates with you guys, you got to get the Advanced Medicine Conference uh, DVD sets that's going to be becoming available very soon. Because that was 16 hours, and I'd say probably a good child, 12 hours if it was around the subject. And next year, start talking to people now. I want to see every one of you guys at the Advanced Medicine Conference next year. It's going to be during the Memorial Day weekend again. I think it's the 23rd, 24th in Pasadena, California. And uh, we should, you know, we had people from all over the world. The last one, although it was small, um, this, this year, this next year coming up in 2020, I want that to be. I want that to be massive. I want us to be able to take out the entire conference center, the entire convention center, and now that place holds, I think, five thousand people. So, help me to make that into a reality. Each one of you can do that, and 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 help to become the the beacon of light for someone else, right? To make the change the world's waiting for. Help me to make the change the world's waiting for one person at a time, and that change starts with you, one person at a time. So I appreciate you guys um, resonating with that message of not using that C word. Um, and there's a lot more. There's a lot more that we could share about that. Sam said, you are one of the best doctors. We need more people like you have a heart and they care about their patients. Thank you, Sam. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you and what you're going through. John says, uh, what are your thoughts on 5G and how this is going to affect our minds and bodies? John Again, if we believe that, but there's things that we can do to change that. There are, there, there are tools, there are resources. Um, we've been working on some of those. There's some that are already available. And uh, 
remember that throughout history, things have come that can potentially hurt people. And it's our responsibility to first and foremost, protect ourselves and our children and our families, and then help others to protect themselves. And they are resources. And we will be talking about those. We've talked about some of those already. We had a webinar back in November of last year, and we talked about some of those things then. Sarah said, thank you. You're most welcome, Sarah. Richard, you have handcuffs in your license agreement. People need to understand. That's exactly right. When you're licensed, you do have essentially handcuffs. You, you, you're not protected by the same freedoms um, that are supposedly inalienable rights for all those who live in the United States, but uh, it's actually not true. Um, so if you're a licensed physician, for example, there's certain things you can and cannot say. If I say that water will cure your dehydration, I just made a drug claim on water. If you can believe how ridiculous that is, and that is a, literally an example the FDA used when they were inspecting our labs a, a number of years ago. And Maria said, buenos noches, buenos noches, Maria. Okay, so it's been about an hour. Let me just look at, uh, I've answered everything on Facebook. Let me just look on Instagram and see if there's any questions that people have here. Uh, hi, Tiffany. Tiffany, I appreciate you. I know that you used to be on Facebook all the time, but now you get on Instagram just to help people there. That is so awesome. I, I, um, I'm so impressed with your generosity. Every time I see you do something like that, that just blows me away. So I appreciate you doing that. Even, even if those people don't understand, you're there to help them. Let's see. Great advice. I, I was critical too. I was, uh, Tiffany says, great advice. I'm very critical of my, of myself too, I think is what you meant to say. I treat myself in ways I would never treat another person. And that's what we have to remember, that we need to start being kinder to ourselves. Okay, so GS Judy says, should a breast cancer tumor be surgically removed? Okay, you know, I'm, I'm probably confident that you're not an undercover FDA agent or an undercover medical board agent, but that's the type of question that they would ask me to try to trap me. So I'm not going to answer that question um, because that would be, one, practicing medicine, um, I would be basically, you and I are not in a doctor-patient relationship, and so I can't give you any advice on that, first of all. And then secondly, there's many other aspects. Now, if you are in the IEDFW, that's a different story because you've gone through and joined the association, and then I can't answer that because it's private, but in the public realm, I, I can't answer that question. And, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. But that is a typical question. And we've, believe me, I'm not making that up. We've had undercover medical board and undercover FDA agents come and pose and say those kind of things trying to get me to say something. So anyway, that's not going to work. I think the webinar is available for everyone. Yes, Tiffany, I think you're right. Most of the webinars are, but some of them are only for IADFW members. Uh, Ryla said, hello, Dr. Bichar, over here too. Awesome, that's great. All right, guys. So I think that's everything on Instagram too. So I appreciate you guys joining us. If you are not registered at Advanced Medicine. I don't know what you're waiting for. It doesn't cost anything. Go there, use the head map, utilize that tool, Advanced Health Evaluation and Assessment for Detoxification Medical Assessment Program. We'll have about eight new videos. They're already done. They've already been edited. They're just waiting to be rendered and it'll actually explain the power of the head map and uh, allow you to be able to uh, access a tool that will allow you to, one, measure efficacy of any kind of treatment you decide to do, whether it's natural or non-natural, conventional, alternative, whatever you want to call it, or even just any other behavior modification, lifestyle change, it'll be a allow you 
a tool to be able to assess the effects on your physiology from using that tool. And the second thing that it does is it gives you the ability to track your progress, whether you're getting better or worse. So utilize that and, um, and, and join the Advanced Medicine Facebook page. And uh, if you decide that you want to take the next step and become a member of the IADFW, that's where the real party begins. And I'll let you guys talk to the other IADFW members to see whether or not you would enjoy that party, okay? Uh, a couple of comments that are made, so let me just address those. Uh, John said, thanks, Dr. Rashid, loving your book, and we are still reading it. Have an awesome day from New Zealand. Hey, John, um, maybe we'll hook up in New Zealand when I'm back. Um, but, yeah, that's I'm glad that you're enjoying the book. Uh, Emmett said, smart doc. So I'm not sure, Emmett, why you said that, but maybe I'm a smart aleck, but, I, you know, I, I, uh, I try to do my best, and I'll tell you, there's a lot of people that I've learned from that are not doctors that have been patients, and they've taught me a lot. So actually then the credit goes back to the smart patients that help ask the right question that made me go and look something up or find the answer. And uh, it's uh, it's actually a two-way street. It's, it's actually funny. Sometimes by listening to what the patient's asking or the, the, the thing that the patient's dealing with, I realize how much I needed that information myself. So sometimes I hear myself talking and it's like that lesson is more needed by myself than, than, than the patient that's asking. So, and sometimes I don't know where it comes from, but I'll tell you, it's, each one of us has that power, and that's the creator talking to us. That's that source. It's a download. So I wish I could take credit for it, but I can't. Uh, how do you become a member? Sarah says, so one of you guys help Sarah out. There you go, Amy. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. Clayton Lee says, my mother-in-law was told she has a very low blood platelets. Any advice? You know, Clayton, it's interesting that you bring that up because Audrey, the lady that I worked with, that's exactly what happened with her. Her platelet counts were dropping. She had abnormal, abnormal white blood counts. Her lymphocyte subpopulations were abnormal. And um, it was, you know, she's got all these different things happening on her. Hematologist had retired. She, she had a new hematologist. And uh, we started the process this weekend. And believe it or not, it came down to, a belief system. Now, again, I, I don't know what the results are going to be, but I can tell you she's been beaming from the from that moment onwards. And her husband said the rest of that evening and the next day, and it was totally shifted. And we're going to be doing her blood work, or she's going to get her blood work done, and, and she's going to share with me those results. Um, but believe it or not, it came back to a limiting belief. And that limiting belief in her particular case was that there was a falling out. She comes from a very, very strong ethnic uh, Italian family, and the you know, family is very big. And... Um, they basically got outcast from the family because of some differences between um, the father and her husband. And the husband used to work for the father in his business, but then he turned everything back over and basically pointed out all the things that were wrong with the business that were due to the son. Um, but he didn't want to be a part of it, and so he resigned. But that cost the relationship where the, the father, um, you know, it was his only son, and, you know, how dare you say something about my son? So his daughter, basically, the, the Audrey, um, and her husband were basically alienated from the rest of the family. And at a certain point, this happened like 14 years ago, and uh, about, about 10, 11 years um, ago, maybe two, three years after this, this happened, um, Audrey remembers thinking that maybe if I was sick, my mother would love me again. And that's when this whole condition began. 
So I can tell you story after story after story about this type of stuff. But I can tell you this, that I have had patients that have had cancer that, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about autopsies, what they showed. Um, and this is on the cancer DVD. Actually, I'll just say this part. Uh, two people that had cancer where the families agreed to do the autopsies. Most of the time, you know, families don't want to do the autopsies because there's no reason to. They feel that the patient died of cancer. But I wanted to, um, I didn't believe that that was the case. Uh, and many times I had asked for families to consider that. So in 1999, we had the first one. And in 2001, we had the second one where the families agreed to autopsies. And in both of those cases, both of them, the patients had no evidence of cancer anywhere. And to add insult to injury, they died plus or minus one month from the time that unconventional oncologist had said that they were going to die, even though they had no cancer in their body. So I can turn off the cancers, right? We can, we've done this over and over, PET scans, negative MRIs, CAT scans, whatever. It's all negative, but the patient still passes on. We had a patient that actually, after he passed away, his wife had filed a complaint, and but his wife was, I had witnessed myself, and nurses have witnessed the patient sitting in the waiting room two, three hours after the treatment was done, waiting for his wife to pick him up. Um, twice witnessed screaming matches between the husband and wife. Wife never saw her in two rounds of treatment, never came to the clinic once, and after her husband died, uh, filed a complaint with the medical board. On autopsy, guess what they found? He didn't die of cancer. He threw a pulmonary clot. He had a pulmonary emboli, and they had to change his diagnosis. So anyway, it's, it was a, it's an interesting story, but we've had many of these types of stories. Uh, I will just say that... Um, it's important to remember that your, the mindset is very, very key. And there's other aspects to this that, that we can talk about. And I'm not, I'm not giving anybody any medical advice here. I'm just talking openly and candidly. But uh, on the IADFW side, we'll talk more. Thank you for sharing that, Diane and uh, Richard. And to talk about alphabet people, yeah. So, Paula, you can also, uh, you, all these people that are, you know, like Emmett and Diane and Richard and some of the other people, Aaron, um, you can talk to them. They're all members, and they can help you, and they can they can guide you through the process, okay? Uh, John said, thanks, Amy. Have joined. Many thanks for your kindness. We are a helpful group of people. Welcome, says Amy. And you know what? This is an amazing thing because of what Amy said. You know, that's an understatement. I cannot believe how how the, the level of quality of the people that I'm meeting in, in the IADFW. So I'm, I am truly, truly, uh, I can't tell you how excited I am to, to be part of you guys. I mean, it's uh, it really is exhilarating. All right, guys. So I'm going to, yes, Richard, you're absolutely right. Time to get in the IADFW call. So we got a lot to talk about. So um, Pam said, how do I become a member? Just went to the website and didn't see a link. So Pam, just uh, Amy or Richard or any of these other people, Aaron, um, Emmett, Amy, um, Louise, any of the people that mentioned earlier Thank that you for IADFW in with numbers, the invitation code, for I should say, just go to advancedmedicine.com and go to register and you'll have to put in an invitation code so you see the people with the invitation codes that they've given you. Also just be go ahead sure and join to subscribe to our and you'll get in and then just the follow the and join Follow Dr. The, uh, Rush Pitar for his Facebook the Live podcast every Monday evening and for hundreds of hours of advanced world. medicine podcasts, right, guys, I'm going which are broadcast hang up. on iTunes, I will see you guys all Stitcher, again and are available in the podcast Eastern section next week. And um, take a couple minutes break and I will be back on, on IADFW. Talk to you guys soon. Good night.
and on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram by using DRButar. Don't forget to head over to advancedmedicine.com and register for your free account, gain access to the HeadMap assessment, and many other free resources available at advancedmedicine.com. Use Dr. Batar's invitation code 11 and join today. Thank you for your support and for being a part of making the change the world is waiting for.